0: You're listening to Strictly Business podcast with Lindsay Williams.
1: It's Wednesday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment in Johannesburg. And Wayne, I'm just looking at my screen now, and the action of the last few weeks. In fact, almost from the beginning of the year actually, and it seems to me that the JSC Securities Exchange is an independent entity compared to the very close relationship it used to have with international markets. And let me give you an example. For example, the S&P futures are up 2% at the moment on my screen, and yet the JSC Securities Exchange is only up, I don't know, something like, I think, a third of a percent. So we're doing things that the other markets don't do, and vice versa.
0: Yes, and and what's driving that is essentially the commodity cycle. So while the other markets have been going down, up until today, yes, our market's been quite resilient because of the exposure we have to mining shares. Yeah. Now today, the gold price has collapsed. Quite a few other commodity prices have collapsed, and our index is, you know, it's slightly up. And 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 uh, and. It's the, it's the banking shares and the, and the industrial shares that are holding our index up while the mining shares and the gold shares are falling in double digits. So it's, it's literally once again a case of we are uh, still a commodity-driven country and a commodity-driven index. And you know, in complete contrast to what you've seen for oh, two weeks now where the mining shares have clobbered everything else in sight, yeah. Today is a reversal of that. But maybe more importantly, and I, I don't know whether it's a sort of a temporary respite, but the equity markets are up worldwide. Yeah, I mean, the global, the, the European markets are up strongly. Some European markets are up 5%. The, As you said, the American markets, the indications for the opening is up 2%, and yet we quite muted But that's because the mining shares are down. The rest of our market's actually doing quite well.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's it's a complete uh, reversal of what what has been yes. happening. But obviously, it couldn't go on. You can't have oil in the hundred and thirty dollar no. a barrel r- region because any any shale producer, for example, in the United States, might say, "Okay, yes, in three months' time, I can start my production again. I can't turn on the on the tap straight away, but I can immediately. I, yeah. I, I can turn it on mm. in three months' time. Yeah, I mean, so let me go to Lindsay, the futures actually, market."
0: Yeah. I've actually learned that over many years in in the market regarding commodities. Now, other than probably only the platinum shares and maybe a few other very, very uh, limited number of shares, the supply of commodities is price dependent. If the price is high enough, Hmm. there's virtually no end to supply and oil is exactly the same. It might take time, as you said, But at $130, $140 a barrel, everyone's profitable. Every little field you had that didn't make money at $70 is now all of a sudden printing money. So the supply will come. And there's no shortage of oil in the ground. There is truly no shortage of oil in the ground at $130 a barrel.
1: No, and the thing is, Wayne, that uh, the, we don't need to go into the technicalities of futures and options and other derivatives. But if a shale producer in Texas or Louisiana, wherever it is, goes to the bank and says, OK, I know you don't want to fund uh, fossil fuel production, but on the other hand, it's, it's the patriotic thing to do because the people at the pumps need, need a, a good supply yes. and the price needs to come down. I want to hedge one year's worth of production at $130 a barrel give me a deal, yeah. uh, they'll give you're, them a deal and, and that's now. it, it's done, they're it. fixed at 130.
0: Yeah, exactly correct. Mm. And there's there's no actual shortage of oil. I mean, I know Russia is obviously a big producer, but there's no shortage of oil. No. And I mean, just on the whole Russian Ukrainian thing, I mean, we've gone through this so many times before with so many different regional conflicts, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, we've survived them all And we will also survive this particular one and the market will also recover from this. I mean, inflation and what inflation does is infinitely more important than what Russia and Ukraine actually get up to. And I actually think there will be a resolution to this conflict in months, not years, Yes. simply because the Russian economy cannot withstand these sanctions. I mean, these are the most comprehensive, most punishing sanctions ever imposed on a reasonably big country ever. Yeah. I mean, if you're in Russia now, your currency has collapsed 60%. You don't even know how much your stock market has collapsed because it's not open yet. But some Russian shares trading on other exchanges have fallen 90%. So you have this massive wealth destruction in the country. Um, GDP will probably shrink 15 or 20% this year. You can't do international settlements because you're excluded from the banking system. The economy literally cannot withstand it. So there's got to be a resolution. I mean, last night, Putin said to all the citizens, you know, don't worry about paying your mortgage bond or your, or your car installment or your overdraft giving you a payment holiday, and that sounds fantastic, yes. and unless you're a bank and, you got to, and you're relying on that money coming in. I mean, that's also unsustainable. So literally, the economy cannot withstand the current situation that it's in, so there's got to be change. So either Putin is thrown out through civil revolt, or he does what I think will actually happen, He's he'll declare victory and retreat But there will be a resolution, yeah, as I said, in months, not years.
1: Yeah, there will be. I mean, something's going on behind the scenes because, I mean, one of the most sensitive, apart from oil and natural gas, of course, one of the most sensitive commodities to what's happening in Russia, Ukraine, is Palladium. Palladium is down 9.3% today, $300 an ounce. I've never seen a a move like that in in Palladium because this is something that is highly prized. Um, The gold price, as you quite rightly say, well, in 24 hours, it's still up, but I mean, it was 2050, 36 hours ago. It's It's now 1990
0: now. This is quite astonishing what I'm seeing on my screen.
1: Whether it can last or not, I don't know.
0: We're seeing volatility now, and that's quite normal in in a situation like this now. I mean, I've I've been involved in markets now for a very long time, not as long as Shapiro, but I've been involved for a very long time, and, and I've looked at everything except an actual war, you know, a world war. And by and large, it doesn't have a lasting effect on markets. Markets no. are driven by other events. Now, maybe this market, maybe this event triggers a bear market, but the reason why... It triggers a market is that the market's expensive. This isn't the reason why markets are falling, it's just the trigger that makes market fall, that makes markets fall at this particular juncture. But the reason why they're falling is they're expensive. Now lucky enough our market's not that expensive. I mean you can make a very strong argument that the mining shares are expensive because earnings are so massively above any long term average. But it's very interesting. I went to a presentation this morning, and it, well, I gave a presentation this morning, yeah. which in itself is unusual, because it's like the third presentation I've given in two years, and normally I give three a week. Yeah. And I spoke to uh, the, a couple of the, of the delegates at this presentation, and they say the banking system in South Africa is so well-provisioned with bad debt provisions that you've virtually got the next two or three years' earnings growth in the bag because you've you got such massive provisions. And that's mm-hmm. very positive for South African shares. So even though the mining shares might be a little overvalued, the good old-fashioned South African shares, the retailers, the banks, are actually still reasonable value despite the big run they've had.
1: Yeah, and um, that was illustrated by um, Nedbank. I mean, Nedbank came out with the trading update uh, a, yeah. week, a week or so ago, and the share price went through the roof. Uh, they came out with their real results today, and uh, yeah. that sort of mirrored. Obviously, it mirrored the trading update. Very, very yeah, good set of double, numbers. Yeah, yeah it's really e- yeah. excellent. An excellent sector, and, you, you, and you've always liked it.
0: I must admit. Yeah, and, and and what's more is that they haven't even touched the bad debt reserves yet. Mm. I mean. At this presentation, I was at this meet this this, this morning. Mm. Uh, another another thing stood out very very prominently was that chaps from property finance, mortgage bonds, they said we've got a serious problem with bad debts. So I said to the guy, "Shoo, what's your problem with bad debts?" He said, "We haven't got any." <laughs> That's funny. The auditors <laughs> are putting us under pressure to reverse our provisions because we're not incurring bad debts. Now, this is all very positive, quite quite frankly.
1: Is it? No, but Wayne, before you go on, it's positive, but again, playing devil's advocate. Is it because people are not borrowing? They don't have the confidence to borrow, so no, the therefore they haven't no, got no,
0: the chance to no, get look, into debt? No, no, look, no, 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 no. The, the, borrowing, the borrowing levels aren't great, but they're certainly not negative. So the, yeah. there are still new loans going out there. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, it fascinating times, and I don't know if today marks the start no, of something different. Know. We don't know that. That you don't know. What I would uh, say is that there are companies like Barlow World, there are companies like Process, and companies like Mondi, all South African companies, that have yeah. um, been... Exposure, yeah. I mean, look at the yeah. process write-off of Mail.ru, for example. What used to be known as Mail.ru and is yeah. now called called something else, but its shares. Who knows? Yeah, it is. It, I think its shares were listed in London, and it fell. The shares fell, it fell by ninety percent, ninety two percent. Exactly right. Yeah. and they wrote off seven hundred million dollars. And you think
0: they wrote but that's off s- Well, I don't know. they're it's- small in as love. Mm. Look, listen. I mean, I could be so wrong. Yeah, who knows? Yes. But Prosys and NasPass just look so, in. they look dirt cheap. cheap. These shares have more than halved. Mm. They look so cheap. You know, and maybe Bollers maybe is also cheap. I mean, I actually like Mondi from a structural point of view, simply because, you know, with online and the takeoff of online, surprisingly enough, the demand for packaging is huge because previously, you know, Colgate would deliver five thousand tubes of toothpaste to a supermarket in one cardboard box but now that you're selling them individually online they're going to be a thousand cardboard boxes and mondi is so suited for that particular development in the market so maybe it's time to buy us mondi maybe it's time to buy a, a oh. Sambalo world maybe something buy richmond I mean, which one's also been clobbered?
1: Yeah, it's up six point so four percent today. Huge value.
0: yeah, I mean, yeah. it's really I think it's good. Still huge value in Nasdaq nice and processes. truly huge value. Okay. In
1: that case, um, I'm, I'm scribbling that down now and we'll speak about that next week and in, in weeks to come as well. Lots of results out today um, and yeah. t- we're coming to the end of results season. Uh, uh, we've had Aspen Sun International, Quilter, MTN, Nedbank, we've al- already mentioned, but generally pretty good. I mean, the the, the yes. season has uh, been a fair one for investors, I think, Wayne.
0: <laughs> yeah, that has been. I mean, the, these December results, whether they're 12 months or one or six months mm. have been essentially above expectations. I mean, the banks have just shot the lights out. The retailers, with the one or two little exceptions, have actually been quite good results. So yeah, I mean, you look at the economic indicators, the RMB Business Confidence Index, the PMI Index, the APSA Business Confidence Index, mm. they're all turning up. Yeah. So you know, even though our economy is only growing at half the rate it should be and at only half the rate that's necessary to create, you know, meaningful job numbers, it is still nevertheless growing at a rate better than expectations than where expectations were six months ago. And, of course, it's, viewed, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, propped up by the commodity cycle.
1: Yes it is, and the commodity cycle is coming to i don 't know if it's coming to an end, but it's certainly it's certainly losing a lot of its exuberance and when you see for example let's as i said we, we mentioned uh, the gold. You mentioned the gold price. I mentioned the palladium price. Uh, yeah. Brent crude oil, it was 130 just this, uh, no, two days ago, it was 131. Um, well, now it's down at 121, which is five and a third percent weaker. And I looked at Sassel the other day and yeah. I said, Sassel at three ninety five four hundred. I said the next 100 rand is to the downside, not the upside. And then I look stupid because uh, the I think the, there. Uh, the oil price went, went up. Sassel didn't move when the oil price went to 139. It didn't do uh, a thing. It stayed there, and I don't know where it is now, uh, but um, it certainly... I I think it's shot its bolt a a little bit. But all this means nothing to you because you're a long-term investor and you stick to your guns. You're just sticking to your guns and letting it all blow away, aren't you?
0: I I think so. I think, and that's the right step. I I really don't think that this uh, war is sustainable because, as I said a few times, the Russian economy cannot sustain it. So I think you've just got to sit back and wait. I don't know how long it's going to take, but wait for this to sort of pass.
1: Yeah, I think you have as well. And there's two ways it could end. It could be a grinding war like the Afghan war. It could be Mr Putin could Yeah, but is
0: it going to is it going to fundamentally affect markets? I mean, I, I don't think so. Probably it makes won't. news in the shorter term, but yeah
1: yeah people will just will just get on with it. It's a moment in time. I hope so anyway I don't want it to be a grinding war because the terrible suffering that i'm watching I'm watching too much news. Wayne, I have to tell you i don't know if you yeah. do you're tinkering with cars I'm tinkering with the BBC and c n n uh, and so we,
0: forth we all we all we all watch news
1: I find it quite uh, <laughs> quite depressing uh, actually but anyway wayne let's, um, let's have you got any food stories for me? Have you ever been to have you ever eaten any yes. russian food have before you, give, you tell me your story have yes. you have you eaten Russian food?
0: Yes, I went to Moscow two years ago to, uh, to, well, to Moscow. Yes. (laughs) In the middle of winter, just before Christmas, minus, I remember standing outside Lenin's tomb in the absolute, on Red Square, in the absolute freezing wind at minus 20. Yeah. Cannot believe how cold it was. (laughs) And then you go and see, you go and see Lenin there, and and, and uh, he was he was a small guy. He wasn't a big guy. No, he wasn't. And you go and see that, and you look at that, and you say, "Well, it's actually quite weird that they're preserving his body like this." But anyway, besides the point, Russian food was fantastic. Now it's very different to other kinds of food. You know, it is. Well, I wouldn't call it bland, but it's not. It's not spicy, but the fragrance and the diversity of tastes. Is actually truly delicious. So I really enjoyed Russian food. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, there was a Russian restaurant. But as I said, it's not it's it's not spicy. It's not Indonesian. There's no chili and curry spices. But it's almost a subtle blend of of different tastes and and more importantly, different textures. I had almost like a it was almost like a soup, but it had little. I forget its name because I don't understand the Russian names, Mm. but it had almost like a gnocchi inside of the soup, but the outside of the gnocchi was crispy with very savory mince inside in the soup bowl. It was truly delicious.
1: Uh, Borscht, isn't it it called, isn't isn't Russian soup called Borscht?
0: Um, It's called Borscht, but I don't think this was Borscht. This was a special Siberian type of mix, if I remember correctly. hmm. But the other thing I learned is don't ever drink the Russian equivalent of... um, Vodka. Coca-Cola.
1: Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, no. Okay, look, I only, in, in Russia, I only had the, I suppose you can call it the tourist vodka. Yes. But that was almost like fortified wine. It was only about 10 or 11 percent alcohol. So it was just, you know, it was obviously double the strength of beer. Yes. But it wasn't a true spirit. But once again, you go into a Russian uh, tourist shop, for want of a better word, at half past eight in the morning and they give you a vodka there. Mm. It's this diluted sort of tourist vodka, but literally eight o'clock in the morning you have vodka. But it's really interesting. It's so cold there. I mean, I stayed in a very fancy hotel, which I was extremely fortunate in getting getting it at a very good price, which was zero. And it was a kilometer and a half from Red Square. But to get to Red Square, everything was underground. You literally went out of your hotel and you walked down a set of stairs into this underground walkway that had shops and restaurants and cafes and coffee shops.
1: You know, not not, the,
0: met- the, not, not the metro system. I know the, no, it's, the- no, it's not the metro. I, oh. I went on the underground, which is a tour of its own. Yeah, spectacular. You know, when, when the underground, it's spectacular. When the underground was built in the 40s and 50s, this was the Russian communist regime's way of saying, look how fancy we are, look how sophisticated we are. So they spent enormous amounts of money making this lavish metro and surprisingly enough the russian people are incredibly proud of it it's like an art gallery the metro is like an art gallery underground the statues the paintings the mosaic work i mean it is spectacular but this little walkway from the hotel that, that we stayed at to the red square everything is like a little mini shopping center but the reason why it's there is that if you can't walk above ground for more than 20 minutes, you can't be exposed in the, in the elements for more than 20 minutes without fear of literally dying of exposure. I mean, it is minus 20. It's freezing.
1: So, in other words, your lungs could freeze as you breathe it in, so you have yes. to walk underground, that sort of thing. Especially you if you're an old person, I mean, not that you were old in those not days. Me, yeah. no.
0: no. I am old. No, no I, I was old. It was only about oh. two or three years ago. Oh, you were old then, But yeah. the museums, I mean, the museums around Red Square, I went and watched, I went into a museum and saw uh, Catherine the Great's collection of horse carriages that were gifted to her by other European people uh um nobility yeah you have never seen such exquisite things in your life i mean I, I i it's actually i feel quite sad now that we probably won't be able to go and visit russia for a while now because when you go into all the museums and all of the history there it, it is truly spectacular
1: yeah, it is a fascinating country. But anyway, your food story, before I diverted you towards Russian
0: Borched and other uh, 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 soups, yeah.
1: what, what, what is your food, food story oh, from South very Africa? Very simple.
0: Yeah, go on. Every year, every year, myself and a few of my ex-Momentum colleagues go out for a lunch. Mm-hmm. And last year we couldn't go because a few of them got, got uh, exposure to COVID. They didn't get sick, but they had exposure. So we cancelled it, but we actually had it today.
1: Oh, very good. And we went
0: to the... We went to the Toyville Hotel near Alice Park. Uh, And I had the super hot Spatch Cook Peri Peri chicken. uh, And Lindsay, it was delicious. they do. I I I may have to... I may have to store my toilet paper in the deep freeze tonight, <laughs> but that yeah. was truly delicious.
1: Yeah, handstands in the shower tomorrow morning, um, as John Robbie used to say to me, but we'll, we'll keep that side of the, uh, the yes. d- discussion uh, uh, truly under delicious. wraps. Yeah, But isn't it amazing that it's in Jewel Street, isn't it, the Troyville Hotel? Yes. I think, yeah. Yes. Isn't it amazing that it's still going?
0: They oh, probably started
1: the it. probably made it quite fancy now, haven't they? They probably someone bought it, yes. or or they've revamped yes. it or something.
0: Uh, apparently, apparently, um, Nando's shareholders or Nando's owners have bought into the Troyville now, and it is super duper. I mean, it is actually done up very nicely and very tastefully. Yes. And the place was packed. Eh? I mean, it was truly packed. And what about
1: the surrounding area? Because I used to go
0: there quite regularly. It's a bit dicey. Is it? It's still a little uh, bit ramshackle. uh, No, look, look I mean, uh, you're perfectly safe, but I will be honest, some of the roads that you've got to take, you know the road that goes past the wilds and the Joburg Hospital? I mean, the road at one point is virtually non-existent. So you actually got to stick to the old Jewel Street or Albertina uh, Susulu Road to actually get access in and out, because sure there were potholes there that could swallow a motor car. Goodness me! But, but the experience was still well worth it, and we had a, a really nice time.
1: That's excellent news, and on that uh, very optimistic and uh, happy note, we'll leave it. And I'm, I'm really, my mouth is uh, yeah, is, Ooh, is, is, no, is craving
0: good. a it, it super hot chicken was Good, hot it was chicken good. Oh, super gosh. hot good oh.
1: berry berry chicken. Okay, very good. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FMB Wealth and Investment, and also a well-known epicurean. And that was Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors, and do not reflect the policy position